So this week we got Alex back on with us, reoccurring, I guess, uh, honorary fourth member. Yeah. Is this what you're- Pseudophile's Lifetime Achievement Award winner, Alex Delaicono. Is this your third or fourth appearance? Fourth? I don't don't know. The first one was Mothman. Yep. And then we did the Satanic Panic. Yep. yep. And then we did like Halloween. Halloween. So this would be the fourth one. Oh, okay. yeah. I forgot oh, wow. about Halloween. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. This is awesome. It's Definitely a recurring minute. champion. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I said, lifetime achievement award winner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and we were talking about magic, magic. and uh, the gathering. Yeah. Oh wait. <laughs> I we're actually going to play a game. Completely wrong. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> just bring out a suitcase just full of cards. No, yeah. I actually did for real though kind of prep for this wrong because like Torrance was like, hey, we're going to do an episode on magic. And then just me completely forgetting like what the hell this show is about. I was like, oh, like magic tricks. So I like went in. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm going to prep this time. I'm going to be so ready. I want to have like interesting stuff to bring to the table. Yeah. And I did. And I went like hard on it. And then I was like, oh, that's magic with a C. Like this is the yeah. di- this is the different thing. So I actually have a lot of interesting stuff I found out about that about that. Because well, that's of it, also what I prepped. So <laughs> oh, good. <you're> fine. good. <laughs> yeah. In which I was telling Alex before we started that I looked into the different types of magic. Because there's three different types in di- how they're spelled. Magic with the C, magic with the CK, and then magic with a K. And they all are different. Oh, okay. But yeah. have you studied magic with a Q-U-E? Magic? No, I'm not that, <laughs> I'm not that expert of I've level yet. i made that up. I, okay. That's probably a thing. <laughs> Everything's a thing now. But. I'm sure it is. But the general difference is magic with a C is like the illusion form of magic with a CK. So magic with a CK didn't come out until Aleister Crowley, he kind of, with the Thelema, you know, we kind of talked about that whenever Joe came on. Yeah. And that was the cult he was a part of, or that he founded. And uh, so he started the magic, which was basically mysticism. And that's whenever mysticism really started in the occult. The magic with a K came later, and that has to do... So, like, magic with a CK is derived from within. Magic with a K is derived from, like, nature and the universe. Oh, okay, so, like, the difference maybe between a natural witch and one who just studies it and has learned how to do sure spells and stuff. I'm thinking of the craft... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was the main one was the natural witch, and then Feruza Balk was just the bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I didn't. Have Willow from oh yeah, Buffy. Willow yeah. is a natural witch, wasn't she? Yeah, it, she still had to study, but she yeah, had she just became more powerful. But yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't know that there were different spellings of magic until I played Skyrim a few years ago, mm-hmm. and you have like the three things you know that magica and whatever or whatever yeah. but no oh, those aren't the three things i'm thinking of a different game but there's several but mm-hmm. yeah magica mm-hmm. i think is one of them i feel mm-hmm. like it's just a nerd thing to know that magic with a k is an alternate <laughs> spelling yeah <laughs> <laughs> i actually watched a couple different documentaries and did a little bit of reading and um basically the the practice of magic really referring to like illusions and and you know uh entertainment sleight of hand all of that the earliest back that they can find any type of documented practice of magic or illusion is 2700 bc in egypt Mm. um and what's really crazy is that the way they documented it is they didn't really acknowledge the difference between magic with a c and magic with a k so they just documented it as like this crazy uh, illusionist who was really well known in egypt that was called to the court by the pharaoh because he's like i've heard you can do all this crazy stuff like show me what you can do Mm-hmm. And apparently he, like, decapitated a cow or a bull and, like, walked it around the room without its head and then put the head back on the bull and then it left and was fine. Ew, and wow. then um, I think it was the pharaoh, like, wanted him to do that to one of his servants. <laughs> and he was like, nah, pass. Like, I don't I don't think I'm going to tap out on that. And um, 
Oh my gosh. And uh, and what's really funny though is they said that it's a little thing, like you wouldn't think about it, but the the problem is is they don't really even have an idea of how the trick was set up even to try to reproduce it now or figure out how you could engineer it now because when they documented it it was like well yeah he cut the head off the bull and it just walked around like so there were there was no writing about like well maybe he did this or he put the cloth over it right like, they don't really walk through the mechanics of the trick so they don't mm-hmm. really know how he performed the illusion mm-hmm. but uh that was the earliest one and then during the uh <clears throat> dark ages is really like when magic kind of picked up again like there there was basically sleight of hand um is really kind of the oldest form of, of illusion um and a lot of it comes to like the shell games and different uh-huh. variations of that um so that's like where you have the little ball in the cup and yeah. you move it around to make it disappear um, and that actually for a long time, especially in Europe, um, in the Middle Ages, was like the only acknowledged form of illusion. Um, and you would actually weren't you weren't referred to as a magician. You were referred to as a juggler. So whether you're doing the throwing the balls right. in the air, you did the cup game right. that was always juggling. And they mm-hmm. had like 21 different variations of that trick that they would do. And it really wasn't until the 18th or 19th century when like uh, theaters started becoming prominent that like mm-hmm. uh, like stage illusion as we know today came into prominence. And prior to that, it was basically sleight of hand tricks. And a lot of these people that uh, performed them, these jugglers were, you know, poor traveling performers. So they didn't really have money to invest in like really elaborate set pieces. So pretty much different variations of, uh, you know, trained animals or the cup game or something like that was really only performed. And then mm-hmm. magic really kind of went into a lull for a long time because of the the prominence of the church here we go again where it's it's just like we need like a little uh, sound clip we play when we're talking yeah. about the yeah. church on here um but the church started freaking out and going like oh no like this is like they they have powers of the devil and that's how they're doing all these tricks and like the whole concept that maybe you just weren't paying that good of attention just completely escaped them so you were doing evil magic and so um a lot of magicians started to um actually go before like a priest or a clergy member and perform all their tricks and show them how they were doing it so they could basically get written down as like no this guy's not actually a witch we should not burn him they get like a license (laughs) for real yeah and um there's actually one of the oldest of the church one of the oldest books about like sleight of hand and illusion came out of the middle ages from a magician who was trying to save the lives of other people who were like performing showmen. And he actually documented how like all of the most common ball and cup tricks were done to basically Hmm. prove to people like, look, this is not anything supernatural. Like this is not from the devil. Like they're just really, really crafty. And like, this is how you do it. So like one of the oldest books in magic, um, that actually has been influential with how a lot of like foundational tricks are done today came from that. Uh, yeah. And then the, the whole, like the reason why we all associate, um, magicians with like the pet, like the tailcoat and everything is from the 18th century when, um, um, you know, performers started doing these big stage shows and you finally had a theater mm-hmm. and because you had a given area that you controlled and it was a large stage that you actually had control over and you knew you'd be performing in the same place. That's when tricks started getting more elaborate and you started getting, you know, um, sawing people in half and the water Mm -hmm. tank and all that crazy stuff came from the fact that you could store props. You didn't have to worry about moving any of it. Um, and because you had consistent business coming in, you could invest a little Mm -hmm. bit more into your craft. And, um, anyway, the the petticoat was just kind of the formal attire of the time. They weren't trying to look, Mm -hmm mysterious or anything they were just trying to look formal but then that just became as you know they they kind of kept to that because those coats gave you a lot of extra pockets and you had the yeah. big sleeves yeah. so mm-hmm. it was advantageous to use it and then sure. that just kind of carried on and they never really updated the look so the reason why we imagine magicians that way is actually 
we know what they wore because of a lot of like uh, billboards and advertisements mm-hmm. and pamphlets and brochures and stuff that have survived that time period. And they're really and the top hat was also a exactly yeah. it was another uh, uh, advantageous uh, you know piece of yeah. clothing to wear back then. Yeah, that that reminds me of like the Prestige. Have you guys seen that movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love the Prestige. Yeah. Freaking ridiculous! The clones and all that. Prestige yeah. came Spoiler out the alert. same year as The Illusionist. Uh, the Illusionist. With Edward Norton. Mm-hmm. Which I. I told Torrance <laughs> that I knew he was a big fan of magic because he's the only person that remembers that The Illusionist was an actual movie that existed outside <laughs> of The Prestige. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, uh, okay, so you guys remember seeing both of those? I watched both I of them probably in the same I don't year. think I ever saw I remember renting The Illusionist from a blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> right before uh, they died. R.I.P. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, the illusionist. That one was weird because they, at the end of it, they explained all the tricks that he was doing. He's had these real elaborate tricks, and they were all just like, like he had a trick where he like tapped on a like a dead plant and it grew peaches or something on it. And then at the end, you like see the diagram is like, oh, it like shoots like it's a mechanical thing. It like, like and like grows out all these peaches whenever you press this button or whatever. And even like today, it's like mm-hmm. you can't make what you they drew. The diagram was so ridiculous. There's no <laughs> way that you could even do that. But yeah, whatever. They had an explanation for it. It was fine. I think The Illusionist was a way more interesting movie. Maybe not a better movie, but it was at least more interesting. Yeah. I think. Um, I think the fact that like when people complain about stuff like that in movies or critique stuff like that in movies, it's usually a sign that like the movie itself was not that good because like <laughs> mm-hmm. you never hear anyone go, oh, the procedure. Well, the clones at the end of Nicholas, it's just completely ridiculous. Like yeah. the cloning tank thing, that would never work. But that's like you don't critique it because the movie was awesome and it just served the purpose. Sure. But I mean, that was a ridiculous part of oh, it. Oh, for sure, <laughs> for yeah, sure, absolutely. Oh yeah, it, yeah. Uh, Tesla was a main player. In yeah, that. yeah. I was just remembering that he was kind of ahead of the whole like uh, nerd trend game because like I really felt like that movie came out before like Nikola Tesla was like the darling of yeah. geek culture. Yeah, which is he still? I feel like that was like an early two thousands thing. Where I feel we like all love like Tesla that and zombies kind of all went away <laughs> for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody loves Elon Musk too much, it sounds like, nowadays. Yeah, he's next to go. Yep. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's going to be going pretty soon, I think. <laughs> I'm tired of looking at him. So <laughs> He deleted his that. Facebook, so he's trying to help you out, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I deleted mine. Perfect. <laughs> I was first. <laughs> Double insurance. Uh, did you guys, any of you guys, uh, as a kid, get into trying to do magic tricks? Yeah. I tried a little bit. Me too. When I was in grade school, we I learned the... It was one of the cu- cup and ball tricks. Mm-hmm. My parents came back from Vegas one year, and they brought me this kit and taught me how to do it. And I spent like hours. I finally figured out how to do one, and I could do it like perfectly. Was the but kit a I'd, couple of balls and a couple of cups? Well, it was like... <laughs> but it, it had like a booklet that came with it, and so like I can't remember all the tricks that you could do with it, but... You could make like you started out with one, and then you'd make two show up, and then you make three show up, and then you make them all go away. It was just, oh, right. it was fun. Yeah, no, I yeah, I did the same thing, and I never got good enough to actually impress anybody with it. I would stumble through my tricks, and like I yeah. had a trick, uh, uh, deck of cards that if you look closely enough on the back of the cards, you could tell what the card was because there was oh, yeah. like little <laughs> clues on it. Sure. So I would do a trick where I would like have them like pick these cards and like flip it around all this stuff and. Then I'd be like, okay, and pick your card, and they'd hold it up, and the idea was you're supposed to glance at the back of the card and instantly be able to tell what it was, mm-hmm. but I would be like, okay, 
hold, hold on. And I, <laughs> I lean in and try really hard to figure out what it's supposed to be. And I was like, it's the A. The a it's the Queen of Hearts. I mean, that's always the best part of the Penn and Teller routine. Right. They stumble through remembering mm-hmm. what, you know. Yeah. And, uh, that that was the only one that I had. I really liked it. I think I would have stuck with it had I not discovered video games. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that was my problem too. Is like, you know, if you listen to any of those magicians talk about like how they got into those tricks, it it really is not that they were just naturally good at it. It was just dedicated time, thirty minutes, ten hour a day, yeah. just messing with the trick by themselves, trying to get it right. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted the the applause of people looking at the trick <laughs> yeah. and thinking I was so amazing, and I had yeah. none of the discipline to exactly. get it right. So. Exactly. Yeah, my parents had bought me so many of those like little magic trick books and stuff like that to because I was always interested in trying it. But yeah, I I would screw up the trick because I would get too hasty with trying to present it like you, and then mm-hmm. ah, well, this is stupid, and I just and the amount of dexterity people put into those card tricks is incredible. Oh, it's, it's it blows crazy. my mind. Oh when yeah, I see somebody's really good at it. I was um, it was uh, Penn, yeah, from Penn and Teller. I, the documentary I was watching. He was doing some of the cup and ball tricks um, in a way that you could see he, his hands mm-hmm. when he was doing them, like almost behind the table. Not quite, it was like three quarters, but it's crazy the way like they would just palm things that yeah. like it looks completely normal, but then just all of a sudden he's got like four balls and he's like, and same thing with cards. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. the way they're able to, because the reality is a lot of those tricks is that they are alternating between what side of the hand you're seeing. So the, the trick is that you see this side of their hand and there's nothing. You see this side of their hand and there's nothing. And that's what tricks your brain. And I think it came out of nowhere, but the reality is just with a lot of those card tricks, their dexterity of just palming it in different yeah. locations and just mm-hmm. flipping it at just the right time. It's always just out of eye shot. It's, it's so impressive. Like, yeah. I don't care. Like, you know, knowing the trick, I don't care. It's I'm so impressed by their ability to do that. It's mm-hmm. amazing. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a fascinating uh, trade because it really is. It's a combination of just like tricking your mind and, and a misdirection, and then you know a lot of them pointed out that the reality is that um, a lot of people just don't care. Like the the direct the uh, documentary I was talking about was this guy was saying that if you gave out a questionnaire to everyone that left a uh, audience or left a magic show um, and asked them how do you think the trick did was done, and they wrote down you know, couple sentence description. He said probably 80% of them have a pretty good idea of how the trick is being done, but they're still being amazed because you were able to execute it. Yeah. Like just yeah. the discipline mm-hmm. and the skill and the technique to do it in a way that appears believable, even though, you know, it's, it's totally fake mm-hmm. or totally, uh, you know, a facade, just people respect the skill of, of magic even more than they do the, how did they do it? Because most people just with, you know, logic and reason can figure out most tricks. There's some of them out of there that you're just like, I have no idea how you did that, but. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there was a I my mom would watch America's Got Talent a few years ago when I lived with her and like I was I've kind of like gotten sick of reality shows over the years, but that mm-hmm. was one that I would kind of sit down and watch um especially when uh the magic acts would come on because some of them were just baffling. Mm-hmm. Uh there was like a couple on there and uh the guy was basically just his his uh girlfriend's assistant. But he would like walk up to people and like she would just sit on the stage and he would like he would just ask them like random questions and tell them to write it down. And then she Mm -hmm. would just guess what exactly they were thinking, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just really like bananas. Like, like, how are they doing this? Is she possessed? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) 
Uh, there was a guy with a Rubik's cube who did magic that tricks one, with that. Those always I've blow seen my that mind. One that one's crazy. That was yeah, that was ridiculous. Or he would match it like exactly like he would have it yeah. just he would just put it in a bag and pull it out and match it somehow like I, to, to exactly what simon mm-hmm. cowell or whoever had done you know so that type of stuff like i would have no idea how they do it the uh the best one that i've seen um like magic tv shows lately is i can't even remember what channel it was on i was watching it with my father-in-law but it's penn and teller have a show where they bring on like young magicians and they do their tricks uh, and th- fool us fool us yeah, yeah. and they yeah. basically get paid if they can't figure out how to do yes. the trick it's really really awesome i love that show because I, I i love it seeing uh penn teller just like their like astounding appreciation for somebody actually being able to pull one over on them yeah they, like see these you know such old school magicians who've seen everything mm-hmm. see something new is so cool and uh yeah i love that show yep. um especially the ones where they actually pull they're they're appreciative of the ones that they even they know how they did it but mm-hmm. the ones that actually fool them is those are my favorite ones yeah mm-hmm. or even the ones where they have like an idea of how it's being done but they're just so baffled that they managed to pull it off anyway yeah like there was one with um this kid who was a mentalist and he went through this and i mean it was probably 12 15 stages of this trick with their assistant where he was just constantly predicting her exact response to something he'd show her or a question she would ask like just back to back to back and it was just something about the way he had staged it out and the way he would load the questions that he could always get her to you know mm-hmm. be predicted but i mean they, it was one of those things where they they were like look like it's a mentalism game like we get what you're doing but just the fact that you're able to pull it off at that scale is the yeah impressive part yeah and that's really where it just comes down to the discipline of it that's the part that's mm-hmm. uh, amazing to me because it is just uh total dedication to the point that it becomes surreal you mm-hmm. know well yeah it's cool in this day and age where we know a lot of how things are done mm-hmm. these days especially like there's the do you guys remember i i talked about this on an earlier episode but there's a, like a show on fox called like the mask magician who the that would like reveal the yeah, tricks. yeah that's that, on netflix too now yeah i saw that it was on <laughs> yeah and uh, so you see how they do a lot of the, and what's kind of a bummer is a lot of them were just like, oh, it was just like a video camera trick. Like it, it was not actually that impressive. Yeah. But, like, I feel like that was half of David Blaine's stuff that he would do on his show was just <laughs> stupid. It <laughs> was just planted actors. Okay, and, didn't David Blaine do something like he, it was like this whole thing that was like being led up to like on live television for like weeks you would see it on tv and they'd be like all right david blaine's gonna do this crazy thing in new york or something and then it ended up being so stupid he was just like hanging upside down or something from like a crane he had he had several of those like these endurance like tricks where like he was going to live in a box of ice or something for like a week or I'll, he'll be hanging from a sus- suspension bridge for. Wasn't there one week. where he was like in a plexiglass box? Yeah, that's the one I was talking crane. about. Yeah, <laughs> he was like there for weeks or something like that. I can't remember, but yeah, that's that's ridiculous. But to they me. would lead it like they would build it up as this like big television event, mm-hmm. and then yeah. it was so anticlimactic. Like, do you know how hot it is inside that box? It's hot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go back to watching American Idol now. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> David Blaine, right? Same, yeah, right. same with the uh, like that Chris guy. Angel's mind freak was oh, also. Chris oh, Chris Angel is yeah. so douchey though. So dumb. Like uh. I don't know at what point we like bred these like the the douche magician that yeah <laughs> it was the street popular magician for a thing, while. Yeah. 
I'm not like a regular magician. I'm a cool magician. I'm barefoot and <laughs> you know, have cut off wearing a blazer. Vest with nothing underneath. Yeah. It I can I'm levitate <laughs> and look like Jesus while I'm doing it. Mind freak. His yeah. his like little title thing, title sequence scared the hell out of me every time it came on because just some guy screaming mind freak at you for 15 <laughs> seconds. And if you hit it, like when you were flipping through channels, like you would piss yourself because there was like nothing to prepare you for how much louder that was than anything else coming out of your television, man. Who was the dude oh, that would always man. get his face right up in the camera after performing a trick? You know what I'm talking about? Um, He'd perform it and be like, are you David Blaine? That just happened. Was that David Blaine? David Blaine yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, I thought that was the, the Mad TV sketch of David Blaine. Where he was <laughs> that might be where I'm pulling it from. Speaking <laughs> it just of, uh, making me laugh. Speaking of uh, Newgrounds videos that have not aged well, there used to be a hilarious... Uh, like early early YouTube series called David Blaine Street Magic, and is this guy with with this like electrical tape mustache? Oh and no, I know you're talking about that. Yeah. Would just do like all these like weird stuff to this couple, um, and like it was just this, yeah, it was just a great uh, thing <laughs> making fun of like David Blaine's whole shtick. He'd make them like vomit cheeses and stuff like that. Yeah. It was just bizarre, <laughs> just bizarre. Just leave us alone. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, not him again. <laughs> uh, well, what, what do you guys have? Um, I don't have anything. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna talk pop culture. All right, now this is, we're we gonna make this all We can still do that. Okay. Um, but I mean that usually comes at the end. So. Well, I read up on some early magicians. Um, mm-hmm. there is one guy called. <laughs> I, I have a hard time not laughing when I say his name. It's Gene Eugene Robert Houdin. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and he was. Wham where, bam! Thank you, man. <laughs> Well, he was where Houdini got his name from. Mm-hmm. Uh, his last name was Robert Houdin. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we were talking about the illusionist earlier. A lot of his tricks involved very elaborate mechanical things that uh, you know worked out as tricks. There's not a whole lot that's documented about what he did, but we know that that's how he did it, were, were these really elaborate... It calls them animatronic uh, things, which yeah. when, when I hear animatronic, I just think of like the band at Chuck E. Cheese that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really scary of, or Five Nights at Freddy's. I think of Scooby-Doo Zombie Island where Fred's oh, like, yeah. pulling on, <laughs> he's, like pulling on the zombie's face and he's like, maybe it's animatronic. Yeah. Uh, and then it's an actual zombie. Yeah. <laughs> Twist. Dude, speaking of commercials and like ad campaigns, like. I remember getting just beat over the head for commercials for that on Cartoon Network as oh, a really? kid. And the whole big thing was like, this time the monsters are real. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. I was like, well, yeah. I feel like that would have been like way better to just keep in the pocket. Because yeah. like, that was the whole shtick for the right. episode. Alert. Exactly. Well, I didn't know that because I just like bought it on VHS. I was like, ooh, okay. a Scooby-Doo nice. movie. Because I had watched like... Well, I think Cyber Chase may have come after that. Sorry, I'm a huge Scooby Doo nerd. Cyber Chase, I forgot. <laughs> I, about I had that, that one on VHS. Scooby Natural is coming up in like four days. You guys heard about this? It's what is Supernatural what crossover. Is Supernatural there Scooby Doo crossover. What? what? Yes. What? Yes, it's gonna be so awesome. But I need to like catch up on season. Can we live hey, stream that get... from the podcast? Yes. <laughs> do I get a part of the CW check you all get for mentioning Supernatural? <laughs> You're not supposed to talk about that. Oh my bad, my bad. <laughs> Uh, anyway, as you were talking about Gene Eugene Robert Houdin, is that right? Did I say that right? <laughs> yeah, you did. It's oh, my nice. favorite Andy Rock, Robert Houdin. That is a, I mean, you're not going to forget that name. Yeah. Gene Eugene. Gene I Eugene Robert Eugene. Or wait. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Houdin. Houdin. Um, yeah, there is that. It actually, 
Alex already covered a lot of the stuff that I was going to talk about, which is fine. My bad. Damn it, Alex. No, that's fine. Damn it, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> well, can we get into the cool stuff like Magicka, like magic with a K and a CK and all that stuff? Sure. What do you What do you know about that? Do you know any of the real stuff? <laughs> not Not particularly. No. <laughs> yeah. Ben, other than I mean, other than Pokemon and Dungeons and Dragons. Digimon. Well, I didn't get a whole really a lot into it because I knew that we were going to go more the illusion route. Yeah, I was expecting us to go that way too. Oh, sorry, but I misunderstood. I thought we were going to talk about all three. Oh, we can though. I mean, I, I mean as I long as we are all chipping in here, because I don't know if I have enough <laughs> material to keep it going. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like I kind of talked about earlier, magic was uh, developed. So there was actually a book called Magic, and it was what Aleister Crowley wrote, and he had f- several books that were sequels to that one. And uh, it was just different methods as to because there's a whole there's a whole like uh, sequence of how to perform magic. And it starts with uh, I can't remember. It was like banishing. Um, I don't know. They had like nine levels that you had to go through before you could like complete a spell or whatever. And they were all like uh, they required a lot of discipline. It took a lot of time. It was a lot of prep. You remember we talked about in the Oscar Crowley episode or there was the Nessie episode. It was both. Nessie's, we talked about yeah, both in the same. Well, yeah, yeah. And like one of the theories was that he didn't finish his spell. Oh, yeah. That's and that's right. what yeah, left, left the it, portal open. open. That's why Nessie is there. That's one of the theories. Mm, yeah. 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 Yeah, that was cool. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I had no idea that there was a connection before Joe came on. I mean, either. And then, like, the whole idea that there was a portal left open from him doing this spell that he shouldn't have been doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of creepy talking about it and thinking about it. It's mm-hmm. a pretty Chad thing to do. You just leave your magic yeah. portal <laughs> open like that. Crowley's such a Chad. Pretty Chad. <laughs> uh, well, there is a like going back to I was I was reading about the definition of magic and and its relation in history and like what its definition was in like in the past. Mm-hmm. And so like magic and religion were essentially sort of the same thing. The distinction that was I, f- I forget which philosopher it was, but like. The idea was the difference between magic and uh, practical religion was that uh, magic is done <laughs> private, your religion is done in public. That was really the only difference. Um, you're in both cases, you're pra- doing rituals to mm-hmm. you know achieve some sort of uh, end goal or whatever. Um, and for a while, there really wasn't that much of a distinction between the two. Um, and until you know especially formalized or, or or government religions started to become a thing mm. um so you know whenever government religion or you know uh, a state religion or whatever did become a thing then of course magic is going to become like the the bad evil thing that you do in private and whether you are or not we've done enough uh, episodes where we talk about like witchcraft and whatever where mm-hmm. just anybody who does anything abnormal is going to be perceived as mm. doing Burned at the stake. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, jumping off of that, um, have any of you guys ever been to a magic store, like with a CK? I have not. No. So my wife and I, when we were in Chicago, we went, and the thing you said right there at the end made me think of it, because it was really, like, the best way I can describe a magic shop is, like, you know, like like the Bible gateway stores or any of those, like, Christian bookstore kind of things? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. where you'd go to get your, like, skillet cds and stuff in the early 2000s 
Sure. Um, yeah. sure. It was basically that with more incense. Is like really. Awesome. I was gonna <laughs> say it. I feel like it would smell either very intensey or uh, essential oily. Yeah. They just have like a very, tub full of very, cat's paws and. You yeah, know. it was weird because it was just like yeah, it was just that, but instead of pillar CDs or Reliant K albums, it was just like <laughs> sick ass tarot cards and um, the, like there's just I mean just like the. Um, I mean, to a lesser extent, obviously, but just like, you know, like a Christian bookstore scene, like you have all of these like smaller like printers and, and uh, publishing houses and stuff that just do all these like niche books that are like, you know, like magic to help you be mm-hmm. more successful with your career and like just, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. very, very interesting stuff. Did they like also that. have a bunch of t-shirts that were like popular uh, logos that were turned to be magic-y? I did not <laughs> see any sweet like Jesus peanut butter cup t-shirts or anything. <laughs> Um, no, it was it was really weird though because it was like it was the same thing but different. I guess that was what you're talking about with like the magic is what you do in private and religion yeah. is what you do in public because it was I mean it was it was uh, very much cut from the same cloth and like the people that were in there were like talking about it very similar to the way you'd hear someone talking in like a Christian bookstore or something. It was just kind of a a different flavor of that, I guess. Yeah, the one sure. I went to was in Chicago and I can't remember what it was called, but it was really really neat. I don't know. It was a very different experience. Did you you guys grew up around Tulsa? Did you ever go to that spiritualist bookstore on Terry Street? No. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, oh special special guest star Aiden Delaycona. <laughs> My name's Aiden. Hi, Aiden. People call me Tort. It's awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I can't hear you guys. I can hear you guys well enough, but uh, <laughs> okay, good. Um, I forgot what it's called. Yeah, it's on Cherry Street. So is this my friend Isabel is a Wiccan, and yeah. so she goes there all the time. They sell mostly like Buddhist stuff, like uh, spiritual science kind of stuff. But um, you know, there's it's really weird. Like, is the peace of mind book? Yeah, it's peace of mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, they got that, and then there's uh, one in the. It's called. Uh, at the mall it's it's uh, not woodland hills it's a uh, pinnacle promenade mall yeah yeah they have a uh, store in there and she was in there she's I mean, she doesn't make a lot of money so she she was shopping around and uh there's some tarot cards she's wanting she's trying to pick between which one she wanted mm-hmm. and they literally called mall security on her thought dude she was shoplifting she's like we don't ever want to see you come back in here and it's like oh okay it's not very nice but uh mm-hmm. but yeah there there's some like really weird places around tulsa too like yeah. there's some stuff that's like harry potter shit you know what i mean like it's <laughs> it's weird like it's like in a dark yeah. alley and you're like why sure. am i going in here yeah. sure well i know that the peace of mind bookstore i've gone in there almost every time i go onto cherry street just because it's such an interesting just a hole in the wall yeah it says peace of mind books and there's a stairwell that's super long goes to the very top and it's just from like christianity to satanism like, it's yeah, just, it's like everything in between yeah <laughs> i like to imagine that like the staircase descends as you're going through that <laughs> it's darker. yeah and there's a lot of old men playing chinese checkers that's another thing that's yeah. there where, where I mean, do they uh, do they sell uh, mogwai in that bookstore? Perchance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, well, yeah, our generation is a you know generation that grew up with Harry Potter, or I was supposed to. I didn't. I caught up with it later. But so, and the Harry Potter idea of magic is its own kind of specific thing that is very rooted in, uh, you know. La- or at least vaguely Latinish, you know, magical phrases or magical spells that mm-hmm. I think is a weird part of the lore of uh, magic. Not all of them have it, but the speaking of a spell in a dead language is usually a big deal when it comes to magic. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, there's something about Latin that, or any sort of dead language, Sumerian or what have you, that it just kind of conjures up this feeling of dread when you mm-hmm. hear it, because it's like nobody speaks this language mm-hmm. anymore. Literally, the phrase dead language for me is just creepy in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the language of Mordor, you know. Nobody speaks it. Sorry, no, no. Lord of the Rings fans here. I forgot. It, it's really. A, <laughs> what are you yeah. talking about? Me and it's Alex been a minute. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read them in a while, but I still like it. Okay. <laughs> that cave troll isn't that age well, by the way. In no, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's bleak looking. It's not. But if you compare it to other shit that came out that year that w- used CGI, it's still I'd leaps still t- and bounds above. I still take it over the Hobbit. Ooh, ooh. Wow. <laughs> Actually, I do too. I have to say. I don't know. I like The Hobbit. Like, I just turned no, off my fun. brain for it's 17 hours and had a good time with The <laughs> Hobbit. <laughs> so, I feel very ashamed that I, in the la- the last Hobbit movie, I fell asleep in oh, theaters. Man. Ter- How do you fall asleep in a movie theater? I, I don't understand. I got really warm and cozy, and I, d- I had read the books, and so I was just thinking, this is I, this doesn't track with me. <laughs> It so, was, I mean, I was detached. it does really depart at, yeah. at certain points. But anyway, what, what I was going to say, though, is uh, speaking of the, the dead language, like whatever, because especially whenever it came or came, it, whenever it comes to doing magical spells, you know, there's the classic, you know, abracadabra or whatever that, you know, mm-hmm. and whenever you watch movies, they're, they're always saying some sort. Usually it's Latin like or in the case of Harry Potter, it's Latin ish. Mm-hmm. And not exactly the same, or if it's supernatural, ding ding, it's you know Sumerian or I think some you mean Cheching, but <laughs> <laughs> well, it what would be Enochian or Latin. Oh, yeah. supernatural. It sounds better in Nokian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but what I was going to say is what is I think is interesting is Shakespeare. I feel like is the only time that you hear it in English. Mm-hmm. Their spells are you know you know double trouble boiling bubble blah blah blah. You know that you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> It's all in English, and it's you know it's a rhyme or whatever. That's the mm-hmm. only time I feel like I've ever heard a spell that's done in English is Shakespeare. Well, in the craft, they do their spells in English. Oh, d- oh, I guess you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and I think they were a little more Shakespearean in the craft with their spells. Yeah, they they kind of were. I mean, like light as a feather, stiff as a board. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there was that other one that's some people I know kind of sounded like, nursery rhymey. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's been a minute since I watched that. I actually watched that not too long ago with my wife, and she was saying that that movie is really interesting because, like, a lot of the, like, terminology and imagery and um, even some of the spells are actually, like, pretty well taken from uh, Wicca tradition. But then there's just a lot of things where they just take, like, a hard left turn and just something they completely made it up. But mm-hmm. they she felt like they did a really good job, like, blending it with, like, huh. actual tradition in a way that made it feel a little bit more, like, grounded, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's interesting though. I, I feel like maybe it's just pop culture that's done this or maybe it's just, um, I don't know what it else would be, but I feel like if you look at, um, like older belief in, in magic and then like older representations of magic, there's really this idea of like, there's certain words you could say or certain languages you could tap into that if you said them, like the words had power to them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and a lot of it like seems to come from like languages you don't know or like foreign languages. So there's like almost like a, uh, I guess xenophobia to it maybe, but, um, 
it's really interesting because like a, a lot of that comes from like it was just as simple as like words would like have magical powers to them or like these really simple things you would do had magic to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I almost feel like it's maybe like a symptom of like where we're at like as a, as a society that like magic now in movies has gotten like way more complicated. Like if you look at like even an episode of Supernatural, ching like a lot of the <laughs> stuff is like these like really elaborate traps they have to set up to capture a monster mm-hmm. or like um, you know even books circle. and stuff like there's all these like crazy the ingredients they have to get and there's all these stages they have to go to to yeah. cast a spell whereas like it used to be and i feel like harry potter taps into like an older tradition of like magic and literature it's just like you said this thing and like you you know shot yeah. a fireball or something but you had mm-hmm. to you had to say it right no, you had to say it right and i feel like have the right amount of like belief behind it too right to but, make I, it happen. but i feel like now and maybe it's just because we're like as a society a little bit less believing of a culture is where i was going with that but it's almost like to suspend people's disbelief you have to make the magic more complicated for them right. to buy into it versus yeah. like we just don't even want to do like other than harry potter which is really kind of like for as dark as it gets, it is still pretty whimsical and charming. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like, that is, like, uh, you don't see that as much. Like, the the Shakespeare thing you went back to, like, that's a, a really old representation of yeah. magic, and it was pretty just on the nose like, in terms of how you did it. I feel it. like something mm-hmm. that kind of splits that line that's very modern is the Evil Dead series. Yeah. Because, um, well, I, in, the 80, in the 81 version, like, the original version, they just read from the book, mm-hmm. and all hell breaks loose, literally. Um, and in Ash versus Evil Dead the TV series that everyone should watch. Um, he like the, it, all it takes for it to happen again is he's like reading drunkenly, like smoking pot with some, some <laughs> slut. And, <laughs> and they sure. just, he's like, you want to read from this book, babe? Like it was really stupid, mm-hmm. but all he did was read from the book, this like Latin or whatever it is in the book. But then like it, you know, all, everything goes to shit um, but then to like try to fix it, like they go to like a shaman, you know, and they like do all these random spells. They go to like a magic like bookstore or whatever, mm-hmm. and like that the owner has to like get like like you said all these ingredients together. He has to read something like perfectly from a book because uh, they're trying to like summon something to like help fix it or whatever. But like all it takes initially is just them reading, but everything to put it back together has to be done so specifically. Oh, that's interesting. It's almost like. Like, once it's out of the bottle, like, it's a lot harder to put back in yeah. kind of idea. You yeah, know? well, like, they, they summon this demon with this spell, and it was the spell was kind of difficult, but then they have a hard time putting it back. Like, it's just kind of running loose, <laughs> and it possesses yeah. one of their friends, you know? But, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's really easy to get it to get it out there, apparently, from, from the Evil Dead lore. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, especially with uh, a modern magical representation, is it's it's mostly just, like, chemistry it, you know it's yeah. having the right ingredients having like saying the right things doing everything per, uh, yeah. you know doing it in the mm-hmm. the light of the first new moon or, or mm-hmm. whatever and you have to mm-hmm. just do everything right and then it's that's fine whereas in some of the stuff in the past it's it's more about like it's within you and mm-hmm. you have to believe and you have to <laughs> mm-hmm. you know speaking of which we need to do an episode on alchemy sometime oh yeah anyway, yeah we haven't done that mm-hmm. yeah surprisingly yeah. That's an interesting point you bring up, though, about um, the the tie to chemistry. I didn't think about that. Where like maybe that is why it's more palatable to modern audiences is because yeah. like the idea of chemistry is like well, chemistry is a thing that very few of us actually know anything about, other than like you know a base is like the bleach above my laundry machine, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and and but the idea of like there is a order and a rule set by which that you mm-hmm. can cause reactions and you know you know um, all that versus. Um, 
I think a lot of like magic in um, like even you see, you see there's a lot of this with H.P. Lovecraft because he dabbles with not only like cosmic horror yeah. but also like uh, there's elements of magic in his books yeah. and a mm-hmm. lot of it is really um, like forbidden knowledge is a mm-hmm. lot of like where magic comes from and like you see that a little bit um, you see that a little bit in Shakespeare you see that a little bit in, in older literature you even see that a little bit in the Bible but like mm-hmm. there's a lot of these ideas in like old um, old literature old mythology of like magic is a dangerous thing because it comes from things that you shouldn't know mm-hmm. yeah that is definitely well, a thing in the bible biblically yeah, oh, yeah it was illegal to try to contact the dead or spirits of the dead and yeah we've actually talked about this like one of the i think i it was one of our ghost episodes where we mm-hmm. were like i think the hypothetical well it's not hypothetical really but it was just like the question at the end of this the show was like what's your favorite ghost story or what do you think is one of the scariest ghost stories mm-hmm. and for me it was uh in i think it's second samuel um the king is it Sol- what is, is it was it solomon is that who he decided it was at the time mm-hmm. uh yeah uh he uh i mean like he's the king he's outlawed this kind of thing contacting the dead and and soothsayers and stuff like that mm-hmm. but he gets one of these people to help him try to contact recently dead Samuel. oh the uh the witch of endor actually is, is what it? her name was yeah okay yeah i know exactly i didn't know that yeah. is but endor a star wars planet yeah it's okay. spelled the same way i don't know if that was a happy accident Purposeful. or what but yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's it's really creepy because he like he raises something but like throughout uh, throughout the verses where it's he's talking to Samuel, Samuel is in quotations, and Samuel said so. Basically, he's just talking to a demon. So that's why in that's the Bible, in biblical times, it was illegal, like um, punishable by probably death. I, I'm just guessing there, just talking out of my ass, <laughs> like torrents. But um, to yeah, to try to contact spirits or you know that is so interesting because that's like. I mean, irrespective of like if that's like a translation thing or what, that's just brilliant. That like that's just such a nice little unsettling oh, yeah. touch. Yeah. The Samuel. <laughs> yeah, they never say. Because that kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, just they never it. say it's Samuel or not Samuel. It's just the quotations around Samuel's like, oh, ooh, ooh yeah, <laughs> like that's that. good. <laughs> that's awesome. My runner-up would be, I think, the one that everyone knows is uh, when. I, Jesus is called to like talk to some crazy person who's been chained up like on the outside outskirts of town. Oh, I think mm-hmm. I know this one. And he talks to him and he says, "What's your name?" And he says, "We are Legion." Yes, yeah. oh, like, that's so terrifying. Great. <laughs> 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 it's I mean it's so creepy and fantastic, and it's that just that one simple story and that idea has j- mm-hmm. just like uh, you know proliferated all throughout like uh, fiction. People love going back to that. We have a TV show now called Legion, or and whatever. there was that mm-hmm. movie. The movie, yeah. Where it was oh, basically yeah. just someone in a gas station in the desert fighting. Oh yeah, that's a right. bunch I want to kill your baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. It was just action flick through and through. That yeah. ice cream man is like the only good thing that came out of that movie. I don't remember that. There's, uh, it's played by Doug Jones. Actually, there's like a crazy ice cream man that like it's like nine feet tall and all creepy looking. Ooh. Yeah, you should. I must have blocked that you out. You should just look up the scene. He's like the only part of the movie that's like legitimately scary. Well, I, I don't know the granny that cr- climbed on the ceiling. Oh, I, I, I do remember I don't know, that. That just made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let's take a quick break, real quick, okay. and then we'll get back into it. Okay. <laughs> um, Did any of you guys? Like as a kid or recently, see a magic show. Yeah, uh, like go to like a magician. I saw or a really sad one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was actually gonna say I also have a sad one. <laughs> go ahead. I'm trying to think of where I saw it at. I just remember, uh, God dang, where was that at? 
I just remember sitting off to the side and thinking, man, this guy just is not into it. He was like a comedy magician, even worse. So yeah, <laughs> and he was he was bombing bad. Oh no! Uh, God. And we ended up. Kay was with me. We ended up just leaving early. I was like, <laughs> I can't, I can't handle it. And the room only had like it was like only a quarter full. So it didn't even have Aww. a full group of people yeah, in there. That is sad. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the act was sad, like, but that's just even more sad. Yeah. Like, that's painful. And he was an old guy. He'd been doing it oh, for a while. Oh. Yeah. Poor old. Yeah. Whatever. I had sympathy for him, but at the same time, I just, it was a train wreck <laughs> and I had to leave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I did, uh, I think the only time I've ever seen a magic show and I may have already talked about this and I mean, what are we on episode 55 now? But, <laughs> um, like that. Uh, I was like f- maybe four or five years old and my mom worked at lazy boy, the factory. And every year they would do the lazy boy picnic. And so all the employees would bring their families and they would have this like outdoor area set up with mm-hmm. food and different types of shit. There was like bouncy houses for the kids, you know? And, um, they one here that we went they had a clown there and <laughs> all i remember about this and I, f- I f- i'm not sure if i'm mixing up two different memories here but for sure like i got terrified because there was a trick that he was doing and it was just such a simple thing now looking back but when i was a kid it was like real to me but he just like he had this the clown was like being like obnoxious and annoying and mm-hmm. like every now and then he would get on to kids and be like hey stop that <laughs> You know, like mid-act, and then he would just go back to being obnoxious, clown, and then, like, there was, like, this one thing he did where there was, like, this long thing, like, strand of, like, just confetti or something coming out of his ear, Mm -hmm. and it just kept being pulled and pulled and pulled out of his ear, and I was just like, what the hell is going on? Like, I think I left crying, you know, (laughs) and then he would, I think, this is the memory I might be mixing up, but I think it's right, like, he was, (laughs) he sang this song, and... Some like all I remember from the song is and he threw her out the winder, the winder, <laughs> the winder. And so like for years and years after that, my mom and sister and I would just like sing that song and he threw her out the winder. <laughs> but like yeah, I, I, that scared the hell out of me. Clowns shouldn't be allowed to get onto children, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, that's Was your childhood written by Stephen King? Like what the <laughs> hell, man? That little he throw out the winder thing would be that thing that like pops up over and over mm-hmm. in your life in the book. Yeah, yeah. In italics, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Watts is the main of Oklahoma, I guess. <laughs> I uh I had one that I was going to say, and now I'm wondering if I... It, guys, stop me if I have said this before on the podcast. I know I've told you the story, today about... Uh, it was similar. You said you went to like this uh, festival or whatever mm-hmm. for Lazy Boy. My school did something very similar called the Fall Festival. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a husband and wife uh, Christian magician uh, <laughs> duo. Uh, oh, no. Do a, <laughs> their thing. And, um, and it was the... <laughs> the Achilles heel of it was that it was done outdoors um, mm-hmm. in a very windy outdoors. And so, God, so they like built up their like last trick that they were going to do mm-hmm. of like, so we got this box and it was originally owned by Harry Houdini. It fucking wasn't. It definitely was not. <laughs> no, um, I think you have told this story, but keep going because I think it's funny. <laughs> and um, the like, and he's like, you know, and, and then they went through this whole spiel of who Harry Houdini was, if you didn't mm-hmm. know. And they're like, and, uh, you know, uh, 
So, like, the wife, like, gets into the box and, like, you know, hunkers down. They close the lid and they, like, okay. put all like, like put all these padlocks on it. And then the husband stands on top of it and he holds, like, a, a curtain in front of him. And he says something to the effect of, like, now through the power of God, I've got to yeah. whatever, do this trick. This, like I said, it's outdoors and it's very windy. So, <laughs> and there's, like through this really shitty speaker system playing this like Christian rock that's like supposed to amp you up for the trick and whatever. And he like holds the curtain up. The wind is blowing so hard that you can, it's just like, you can see everything because that's blowing the curtain away from him as he's holding it. And, um, it gets to the climax of the song and he like throws the curtain up and then you <laughs> just see him like struggle, like get to get down real quick as she like, climbs out of the box and like, she, like, she like jumps up and grabs the curtain and then 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 she drops it and she's like hooray like, <laughs> is this some like weird performance art about catholicism oh or like gosh. what is this <laughs> it was so embarrassing and then like and like <laughs> you see him like trying to get down he's like sweating and panting and like trying to <laughs> cram himself into the box and she jumps up and Dear she's Lord. like <sighs> breathing hard and <laughs> Anyway, so that, <laughs> that's one magic trick that stood out in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Through the power of God, that just God, that kills just, me. It remind me that, of the power team. I don't know if any of you guys. Yes, yes I do remember team. the power team. I had a power team headband. Oh God! Yeah, I did too. Yeah. I had a baseball bat that was signed by them. Yeah. Um, I had never heard of this until I had never heard of most of this crap mm-hmm. until I met Torrance and we started hanging out. And he like he shows me the power team or whatever. Mm-hmm. He shows me Bible Man. Bible Man. <laughs> I didn't know this crap existed. It's yeah. such a weird weird subculture well them saying like by the power of god like that sounds like not christian like that i know that's a lie like you're using god to lie to children yeah (laughs) pretty much same thing with the with the power team he's like uh, you know through the power of god i will roll up this frying pan or or tear this license plate in half or whatever it's like yeah no it's because your biceps are fucking 48 (laughs) inches around (laughs) yeah yeah just as a side note, mostly for Torrance, um, Emery is actually working on a documentary right now. <laughs> what? Uh, called What Would Jesus Sell? And it's about basically um, like the mid to late 2000s um, cottage industry of basically everything you could buy at, at like a Christian bookstore. Oh, my God. So like it's all oh about like gosh. the companies that made the T-shirts and I need to all of that. the Christian record labels yeah, and all the people that, that put on. I didn't on, even like, know Emery big, was still around. Yeah, they actually have a trailer for it up on their Facebook. Um, but yeah, they just kickstarted it. And it's going to be like was a full. Emery ever actually a Christian band or did they just kind of fall into the tooth and nail record label? So they were. Um, but uh, they're and really kind of like what the documentary was about is that like a, a lot of the bands on tooth and nail or other Christian record labels were actually like super well-meaning and like were uh, pretty staunch believers either before or after or during or whatever, uh, but just kind of the machinery that was that industry yeah. just kind of churning them through as a product really kind of burned out a lot, a lot I of can those imagine. people. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a really, uh, it looks really promising. But anyway, just talking about the, the power team made me think about that. I need to see that. Well, oh, that sounds amazing. I loved Emery. I still like Emery. Emery's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, did you ever see a magic act as a kid? Uh, so I can think of two. So my family used to go to uh, Branson, Missouri. Yeah. Like, oh God, like mine too. During yes. the summer, <laughs> every fucking all the year. Time. During the summer, we'd probably go at least once a month. Like we just were up there all the time because we'd get like the season passes to Silver yeah. Dollar City. Oh yeah. And then, um, you know, 
we'd go with friends and all that. And there were two that I remember. One was Silver Dollar City used to have a sister park called Celebration City. Oh, yeah. I remember remember that. The idea was that originally um, Silver Dollar City would be open in the morning and afternoon. And then in the afternoon and evening, you'd go to Celebration City and it was open until like 11 o'clock at night or something. And it was free to get in, but you had to pay for the rides, right? Um, They did that for a while, but then they switched it over to where it was just a park pass like, um, like the other one. But they actually had a pretty good magic show like in the back of the park that like this little theater and like I say pretty good like I really don't remember much about it but I remember like they had some pretty elaborate tricks like they had like people that would go into like one of the boxes and make them disappear mm-hmm. like they did all of that kind of stuff and it was just free if you got into the park so like we would go every now and then because it'd be like hot as hell and there's concrete everywhere so it was an yeah. air-conditioned yeah. room you could sit in for 45 minutes but uh that one and then um the only other one I've ever been to was uh, Kirby Van Birch, and I have no idea if he was ever no, a big deal or not. But I know who you're talking about. But he had a show in Branson too that was also like really legit. Like he made like a helicopter appear on the stage or something really crazy. Right. Like it was actually really cool. I know. I never saw him, but I know I've seen that name on like on billboards or something. I, I have a feeling he was probably like really big in the '90s or something, and then f- figured out he could do pretty good money, and not have to tour, just staying in Branson. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've always really wanted to go to like one of the big Vegas magic shows, like David Copperfield or something, because oh, sure. I'm sure mm-hmm. just the production value on that's just insane. I'm sure it's yeah. Yeah. Penn and Teller for I would oh love just to for see that them. alone, they're yeah. awesome. Yeah, um, I was going to say because uh, I I remember the legit last magic trick I saw, and I hope I didn't talk about this on the podcast, but I used to work with a guy who was a magician. Actually, Alex, you would have worked with him too. Uh, at the same, we both worked at the same hardware store for a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember him. He worked in the paint department. He was an older guy, uh, gray hair. He drove around a truck that like advertised his uh, magician. What was his first name? Don. Don. I do remember that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Don was awesome. Yeah. Um. He was. Uh. He. I love that guy. He's so. Like he was the worst sort of performer, but it also made him like the best because. He had no showmanship whatsoever. <laughs> like, he was so deadpan, and it wasn't like an act that he was doing. He just didn't, ha- he was just really good at magic tricks, but he didn't know how to present it very well. I hope there's no way he's listening, so who cares? But, <laughs> but <laughs> I remember once we were in the break room, and a friend of mine who was working, um, he was like eating, he was about to have a grapefruit. And my friend was like, Oh, I want a slice of grapefruit. He's like, oh, okay. Um, well, he, he looks around. And he's like, here. Mm-hmm. And he like hand her a piece of paper. He's like, and just write your name on that. And she's like, okay. And she like wrote her name on this piece of paper. And he's like, okay, you get it here. And he took it back. And he like folded it up in his hands, and then like clapped his hands together, and like showed his hands, and like the paper has disappeared. And Elisa. Well, her name was Elisa. But she, <laughs> she, Hi, Elisa. <laughs> she was like, "Oh, wow, that's cool." And he's like, "Yeah." Anyway, you want of course sl- Elisa asked for someone's food. <laughs> of course she did. Anyway, he then he like he went and so she thought that was the end of the magic trick. Then he went and took this grapefruit that he literally was getting out to eat for lunch, and he cut it in half. And pulled that piece of paper out of it and handed it back to her, like rolled up and it had her name on it. Blew everyone's mind and then he gave her a piece of grapefruit. <laughs> <laughs> I had a uh, I had a, a friend I worked with um, at my at my office. I work in a marketing agency and um, he ha- it was a couple of years ago, but he was one of our designers and 
he was an amateur magician and he was so funny with it. He was a really eccentric guy, but he would just like come over to Jess like, hey, I want to show you this magic trick I'm working on. And it wasn't ever just like make like a card disappear or something that'd be like, hey, you know, you could like do it at someone's desk in an office and it like not sure. be a big deal. He would do stuff where he like lit shit on fire <laughs> and then like when I the thing it. burnt out, your name was written on it. Like there were insane tricks, oh, nice. but he's doing them like at your cubicle in an office. <laughs> so it was just really out of place. But, um, I just remember that. Like the ones I always remember, he, he had a lot where he'd like pull out like a Zippo lighter and like burn a piece of paper or you know, there's always like or stuff with knives, like stuff that was like, I really don't know if you should be doing this in an office, but it's but really like a nice head, little Samson. surprise in my day. But <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> but that, I mean, I think that appeal, especially for me as a kid, that's why I wanted to get into it. I wanted to yeah. impress people with it. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably why most that's people why get into it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was mostly a boy thing too. Sure, was. Uh, uh, in grade school, all the boys wanted mm-hmm. to do magic tricks, and I don't remember any of the girls being into Why it. Why is that? Why does that? Not I'm not sure, but that was a, at least when I was growing up, it was always a guy thing. I mean, I did know one card trick, and mm-hmm. I I couldn't do it obviously today, but it was like just the basic card mm-hmm. trick. Where, is this your card? Yeah, that mm-hmm. that thing, and just, I couldn't even remember how to do it now. But anything other than that was just mostly the guys were into it. It, it <laughs> might just be that uh, when you look at fame, there's the the field of magic is dominated by men you don't i can't name a single female famous magician i can't right? either actually famous no but i'm th- i that i remember that girl was the assistant america's got talent who where mm-hmm. the guy was the assistant and she was the oh yeah she was the creepily like telepathic one yeah <laughs> she was one of the most impressive ones i've ever seen mentalists freak me out yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really, it's really, cr- it's like they're inside your head. <laughs> yeah, I don't it's really like creepy. it. I can guess people's heights pretty well. She's very good at that. <laughs> What's my height? You're six even. No, you're pretty six close. one. Pretty close. I'm in like in between. Yeah. So yeah. I watched um, this documentary called "An Honest Liar." I don't know if any of you've heard of it. No. It's about. Um, I want to say his. I want to say his, no. That's the guy from Pee Wee. It was the amazing <laughs> something. I want to say it was the amazing Larry, but that's the <laughs> magician from uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That was amazing something, and he was like an incredibly good performing magi- magician, like the mm-hmm. like the fifties and sixties, and then he like retired from performing. But he was basically he started a second career, basically outing people that were using magician like magic tricks to basically con people. Oh, so nice. he uh, would basically go on to like talk shows and stuff and like show how like televangelist or oh, like during yes. like the big like yes. the big in the sixties and seventies mm-hmm. when like people were like I have psychic powers and stuff. He would basically show how they were doing that, but like. He was really, really, really committed to it because he actually, during like the big New Age movement, when people were like talking about like, you know, oh, you know, I'm in contact with like a great spirit and I'm channeling him through me and all uh-huh. this stuff. And they, he basically realized like, oh my God, this is just mentalism. Like they're basically mm-hmm. are just, they're reading the room and yeah. they're figuring out. So he found this kid, this high school kid, like a nobody who just like he ran into at the library one day because back when libraries were relevant. And um, <laughs> he... Uh, was just talking was like hey you know like because i guess he figured out he was a magician so they started talking a little bit he's like hey you know i'm working on this project i want to know if you'd be interested and he basically with his with his agent with his uh his pr manager all this they built up this fake uh new age 
uh, prophet who basically had a book published, did these speaking tours where he basically would go around and like receive transmissions from the spirit and like say all this crazy prophetic stuff and like say things about people in the audience. So he did this for like a year and then they got him on a talk show and said this whole thing was staged. This whole thing was to prove how easy it is to fool everybody oh, into wow. thinking yes. this stuff is real and let me show you how we did it. That's and then he did a great. whole like 60 minutes thing explaining exactly how like the mentalism tricks they were using and then um then another one he did after that this one like he almost got in a lot of trouble for was they were doing a there's a university doing a study on basically like psychic phenomenon and like especially telekinesis so if people could actually like control things with their minds and he taught a group of college students sleight of hand tricks and basically put them into this program to study like telekinesis and they basically would mess with all of the uh, all of the testing instruments using sleight of hand. So they would make it look like they bent a spoon, or they would like <laughs> they would guess what um, like they'd put like a little um, ball in a metal cylinder, and basically they would use misdirection and sleight of hand to get them to look over somewhere, check to see which tube it was in, and put it back. And they'd be like, "Okay, I'm I'm sensing." Number five. And they'd be like, oh, my God, he guessed it right. <laughs> and they did the study for like a year on these college kids. And he's like, this is how easy it is. I just fooled a scientific body of study into thinking that psychic phenomenon was real using mentalism and sleight of hand because that's how badly you guys want to think it's real. So he like he did all this crazy stuff and actually kind of became a, yeah, I a see- social pariah because of how far he would push it. But. Uh, yeah, just really interesting. He was really big into um, what made me think of that was he was one of the first ones that really uh, called out the televangelist that would like say, hey, you know, there's someone in the audience named Debbie and oh, she's yeah. Yeah. leukemia. Mm. And she he realized that they had a group of people that had earpieces on and he was wearing a wire yep. and yeah. they were reading through the prayer request cards and that's how he was calling people. Uh, yep. uh-huh. And he was mm. the one that actually busted that the first time. I love that. I love that that's so much. Awesome. <laughs> I could see how he could catch some flack for messing with the experiment, though. Oh, yeah. Well, and it was, the thing was, like, he would let it go on for so long because, yeah. like, he was in it for the long haul. Yeah, so it wasn't year. like That's he did it for, like, time. a week. It was, like, a, yeah, a year-long study. But um, it was because he was, if I remember, it was because he, like, people would always try to discredit him. Like, well, yeah, you did it, but that doesn't mean these other ones aren't real. Sure. So he kept trying to, like, up his own ante to try to, to show the extent of how easy it was to fool people. Yeah. You can't cure ignorance. Sorry, people. No. Nope. Nope. Did you guys ever see that? Um, I think this was also a, a Fox uh, TV show that that was short lived. It might have just been a, like a like a one off thing, but it was fascinating to me. They had a guy that, and this is tangentially related to magic, that especially the whole misdirection. He was a uh, just like a a pickpocket or or you know street thief. He was retired. He, he had gone on to do other things. I think he went on to actually be a magician or something, but. The art of the misdirect, it was his, what he had mastered was so amazing. Like, almost to the point where you couldn't believe it, but he was, it was legit. Like, him, um, he would steal people's, like, glasses or watches, like, while they're wearing them. Oh, wow. And it, or their, like, their tie. And it was, it's mm-hmm. all about, because he would, like, like grab them by the shoulder and, like, turn them to look somewhere. And as he's doing that, he's just sliding their necktie right off their, their neck and, he would even like put it on and like keep talking mm-hmm. to him wearing their stuff and <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> it was so amazing and uh, like he was the whole point was he's just showing like this is how easy it is to be pickpocketed but yeah. yeah. But what's crazy to me is like for somebody to learn how to do that you have, that's 
the trial and error of that. <laughs> yeah. The uncomfortable situation you have to put yourself in yeah. before you get that right. Yeah. <laughs> but it was really, really cool what he was able to do. Just like seeing him literally steal like the glasses off of somebody's face <laughs> was was insane. Yeah. But anyway, um, I wish I could find that because I would love to watch that again. It was, I would seriously watch that. It was basically what uh, fucking uh, Matt Damon's character was in Ocean's Eleven. Oh, right. Yeah. Much. <laughs> oh, man, I just watched that again a few weeks ago. Oh, really? It's still really good. I, I love that. I really And mm-hmm. they were about to have the Ocean's Eight, the, the all-female Ocean's yeah. 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 Wait, that hasn't come out yet? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Oh, I thought I missed it. Have you guys seen Now You See Me? Yes. God. Oh my God. <laughs> Wasn't Those... that Jesse Eisenberg? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Those movies are like, if like misdirection is basically just like constantly like doing things to people so they're not paying attention. Like that is like the misdirection of films because it is just constantly upping its own ante of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> to the point that like your brain, you don't even go like this is this movie's dumb. Like I don't even want to watch it. Like you are so repeatedly shocked and awed by how idiotic this movie is willing to go <laughs> that you watch it the whole way through before you're like, wow, that was really dumb. Yeah, like at the beginning you're like, oh, cool, they're they they're using magic tricks to trick people, mm-hmm. and by the end they're like, okay, so they're just using holograms or whatever now. Like that's yeah. th- that's what they've gotten to. And then they made Now You See Me 2. That one was even yes. crazier! I didn't see it, it and I'm in the camp of literally everyone else that heard about it. Why didn't they call it Now You Don't? <laughs> yeah! I mean, whatever. Because <laughs> yeah. they really want to be able to do Now You See Me 3 is the honest answer. I, yeah, you're probably right. I'm the, sure you're right. This is what I'm going to give you to prompt you into watching this movie. They get thrown down a garbage chute in Las Vegas, and they come out the other side in Hong Kong, China. What? This is not... This is not they like yeah. fall asleep and wake up. Like They go down the garbage chute, and when they come out, they are in Hong Kong. Proper. Does it go literally all the way through the center of the earth? I don't know. <laughs> How are the why, what? And they like they and the best part. Okay, this is why you should watch it because the way they explain, it, they go, "Oh, they were hypnotized." That's the entire explanation <laughs> yeah. for how it worked. The entire explanation. God, you need to watch next. All right, I, I'll watch it. Sure. Bad it movie is, night. Yes. Hell yes. It is like a like academic study in absurdity. Like it is the most <laughs> insane thing I've oh seen in a gosh. long time. God. And the movie, The Prestige. There's yes. the big thing where he explains like there's three parts of a magic trick. Yeah. There's the pledge, the turn, the prestige. I like actually really internalized that for like personal presentations and things like that. But mm-hmm. like, does anyone have any proof or evidence or research that that is like a real thing that magicians use? In terms Can you of the three so explain it to me? So um, mm-hmm. in in the movie anyway, mm-hmm. um, they explain that there's three parts to a magic trick. There's the pledge, mm-hmm. which is when you show an ordinary object to someone, you say, okay, I'm going to make this apple disappear or whatever. Okay. And then the turn is when you do the trick. So that would be the apple disappears or, you know, you open up the birdcage and the bird's not in it anymore, all that stuff. Okay. And then the prestige is when you undo whatever you just did and bring things back to state of normalcy. And, um, you know, they that's like a resonating thing, like because there's even a part in like they're like in court and like they're trying to get through all that guy's belongings. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look, I can show you the pledge and the turn of the trick, but I can't show you the prestige because that's like what I sell. That's how I make my money. So mm-hmm. like they really, really keep selling that like it's a thing. And like I said, like I've actually used that for like the way I build presentations, like that mm-hmm. philosophy behind the mm-hmm. three parts. But um, I've not found any evidence after repeated searching that that's a thing any magician has ever actually used. I've heard those you know, uh, terms used in terms of magic and a couple other things since that movie. 
However, I don't know if it's just because of that movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I have heard it in other instances, for sure. But I honestly don't know. Yeah, I uh, haven't heard it used other than that movie. Um, It's interesting. I mean, because I don't know enough about you know the the culture of magic and you know there's there is a culture there's like a like they make fun of it on arrested development but you they have like different societies and they have like the magic castle in hollywood or whatever where magic castle (laughs) (laughs) it's the gothic (laughs) the gothic castle Sorry. But there's like, you know, magical societies where you don't reveal tricks or else, you know, you'll get blackballed, which is what happens to Job and Arrested Development. But, um, it, and it, it's not nearly as ridiculous as, uh, as a Arrested Development is, but there sure. is, there, there is a little bit there and there is, it has its own sort of culture, its own sort of society and a group of people. And I'm sure they do have their own terminology. And whenever you watch that TV show, Fool Us, um, mm-hmm. Penn Teller, uh, one thing that I kind of really like is, you know, they'll watch somebody do a trick. They'll get how they do the trick. They'll appreciate it and everything. And they will. But what they'll say, like in front of a whole you know, audience of hundreds of people, they'll be like, so I, if I said uh, the turning effect to you, would that mean anything? And they're like, yeah, you figured it out. Like so, they're like speaking this like magician code of yeah. Like, yeah. They mm-hmm. they like okay yeah you got me, but they can say that in front of all these people and they're like I don't where are they talking about yeah yeah so there there is there has to be this so there's a secret that, society <laughs> of magicians well or whatever there's at least whenever I think whenever you're in that that culture you probably mm-hmm. there probably is this you know secondary language I that, mean I, I wager it's like any job or any other profession like it it's just like music where there's like all these like terms whether they be technical or just uh, right. off the cuff sure. things that you pick up I'm sure it's similar but yeah I had not been able to find that anywhere and it's yeah. really funny because they really do sell it to you like it's a thing yeah right? <laughs> mm-hmm. did you guys did you guess the the twist of uh, the prestige uh, yeah the prestige no that no. blew my 12 year old mind yeah. when I it blew my movie. mind too and whenever i told my friends that blew my mind they're like i we, we got it he looked yeah. he looked like a muppet how'd you not tell that that was christian bale and uh spoiler <laughs> alert but <laughs> spoiler alert for a 15 year old movie <laughs> yeah well i mean it raised a lot of uh, philosophical questions for me in my young mind as to was that the same person you know at the end of the trick as he was at the, all the people he killed like was he you know Oh, clones. you're talking about uh, the clones. Oh, I was talking about Christian Bale's character. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, well, that that too. Yeah. Um, yeah that that was a little bit of a mind fuck to me. Also, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, did it matter? Was it murder? You know. Yeah, was it murder? Was he even the same person that he started out as? Like, what? Yeah. Oh, I think it was definitely murder, or at least some weird version of suicide. And yeah. like, they explain the like what happens when you drown to death and. Like detail. It was agony. <laughs> Michael Michael Caine chastising him. Oh, yeah. Michael Caine. <laughs> Dude, did I, have I talked about? Uh, do you guys remember Craig Ferguson, uh, the yeah. Late Late Show, the Scottish guy, Scottish comedian? Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, well, he would his show. I watched. The, it was the only late night show, the last late night show that I ever watched, um, and I loved his because it was not scripted. I mean, he had like a prompter he would read like random things from, but then he would just go way off and do his own shit. And that's why I loved him. But he had these skits he would do uh, where he played Michael Caine. And it, <laughs> <laughs> one of them was like, it's Michael Caine in Spain. 
And it was just Craig Ferguson. He's like, do you know how to say I don't want to have sex with you in <laughs> Spanish? Neither do I because I've never heard it. <laughs> 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 or he would, he would just like trash on Michael Caine all the time. He's like, you know how Michael Caine played an American in uh, uh, that Tobey Maguire movie? Um, Cider House Rules. Cider House Rules. He's like, this is how he did it. He's like, oh, I'm Michael Caine and I'm an American. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I had something. I had something before I went off on that, but shit. Maybe, maybe it'll come back to me. But is killing a clone suicide or murder? Oh, or? that was another bullshit. Yeah, there's another yeah. bullshit thing I was gonna bring up. Was the Have you guys heard the joke? <laughs> it's not supposed to be told. Like, started off as like it's a joke, but I, sure. I've got this. I got Torrance and another friend of ours with this a couple of years ago. That. <laughs> My mom told me this joke, and you you don't know it's a joke at first. Like someone will bring up clones and cloning, like you uh-huh. know, Dolly the sheep and all that stuff, and they'll so like you're supposed to like go off of that and be like, oh, well, you know, a guy successfully cloned himself in the seventies, right? And people are like, what? Wait, what? So everyone I've done this to so mm-hmm. far has just been like, what are you doing? Really? Yeah. Yeah, and so you go off on this long thing. You're like, yeah, he was a scientist and. He uh, was working in New York out of uh, his lab, you know, and he um, he cloned himself. But the thing it like he was he took it to his apartment. He lived on a high rise like Mm -hmm. apartment, like 32 stories up in New York. And he's like uh, he's living with his clone and the clone just got unbearable. The thing was it was obnoxious. It was vulgar. It would just scream obscenities at him. It was awful. And Mm -hmm. finally he and his clone got into this altercation, a physical altercation. And he ended up shoving his clone out the window of this 32-story apartment, and the clone fell and died, obviously. It splatted on the ground, and the cops showed up. And they were like, um, you're under arrest, sir. And he's like, but it was my clone. Like, what What could possibly be the charge? Like, it wasn't even really a human. Like, you know, it was. it was just my clone. Like, how could I be in trouble for this? And they were like... You're being charged with making an obscene clone fall. And <laughs> and then you just like look at the faces of the people that you're telling this to like as they just like slowly fall and die inside. <laughs> like <laughs> you went through this like 10 minute thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, my mom got me with that and then I got Torrance with that and like our other friend just you got like, me with that twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were probably wasted the first yes. time. <laughs> See, I oh call that kind gosh. of thing Confederate pineapples. <laughs> and that requires a little bit of explanation. So let yes. me explain. So a friend and I were in the kitchen at work and um, we had gotten like some fruit like bouquet, you know, like the fruit bouquet thing where instead of like roses, it's like pineapples yeah, and yeah. chocolate yeah. and all that. And um, and so I was eating the pineapples like, you know, like actually it's like if it wasn't for pineapples, the uh, the Civil War would have been, been over like a year earlier. Uh-huh. And she was like, what? I was like, no, seriously. So like in the time of the Civil War, like citrus was still like a luxury item. Like it was very hard to grow because of like. Shipping restrictions and everything, but the only place in the United States that could grow citrus was Florida. So uh, oranges, pineapples, and all that. Now, during the Civil War, obviously, like, money was tight, but uh, where there was still a lot of money to be made was England. So, like, English aristocracy, French aristocracy loved oranges and pineapples, and Florida is really the only place that could grow them at the time that was part of the United States. So they had a huge export trade to 
England and Spain and France for fruits and oranges and all this stuff. And, you know, all that money really, really just went straight to the southern military effort. And so they did some calculations based on what the going rate for oranges and pineapples were back then. And if it weren't for that trade, they actually believed that the south would have run out of money about nine months earlier. And that's how much earlier the Civil War would have been over. She was like, really? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so that's become like a running thing at our office now that will just like go on these weird tears like that. So like another one was uh, one of my friends was like, you know, what's the difference between a township and a town? And he's like, well, you know, a township is when basically you have like a, gr- a group of small villages that basically weren't big enough to be their own city. So they formed together under a township where they signed like this, like, uh, you know, like document basically saying, saying they're going to come together as a township they're going to have like organized government and then you have what's called a town a township magistrate and the magistrate uh you know goes <laughs> you get to this? he goes from village to village with the staff and he puts the staff down in the ground and everyone comes to them with their arguments and the magistrate goes through all the arguments and when he hits the staff on the ground that means he's made his decision and then everyone's like really that's so inter- no like it's just always <laughs> no bullshit confederate pineapples <laughs> I like that. Yeah, you're welcome to steal that. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. Favorite magic movie? Prestige for me. I haven't seen it, but I'm gonna have to go with Now You See Me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it will be. <laughs> no, I have to like legit, like where it's actual. We're talking about like magician, like illusionists, right? Any movie involving heavily some part of illusion, magic, any of. Not Harry Potter, but like yeah, sleight of hand type <laughs> okay. stuff, illusion. Okay. Oh no. So like Ocean's Eleven would be a would be a. Contender. Does that count? I would say so. I thought that was just straight thievery. <laughs> uh, but that I mean, if that does count, that might be mine. I really do like that. There, are, I, I can't think of a lot to choose between. There's not yeah. a lot. There, there is. <laughs> I was about to make a joke and say Burt Wonderstone, but even I can't say that with a <laughs> straight face. <laughs> Um, Everyone listening to this podcast just remembered that Burt Wonderstone was a movie that came out. <laughs> Steve Carell just remembered that Burt Wonderstone <laughs> was a movie he made. Steve Carell and Jim Carrey. Yeah. Jim Carrey as the oh knockoff Chris Angel, though, was like the only saving grace of that movie. God, yeah. It's never pretty heard bad. Of this. Actually, you know, this, the thing with comedies is a lot of comedies, they'll try hard and they fail and they suck. But if I laugh once in it, I think it's worth the watch if it can legitimately make me laugh once. I think there's a couple times I actually laugh during that. So whatever. It is a bad movie. It's really awful. Because the thing is, because I can watch bad movies. I love watching bad movies and making fun of it. But the mm-hmm. thing that sucks is a comedy that's bad. Yeah, that's never fun. That's not. Yeah, that's not fun to watch. Yeah, it yeah. hurts a little bit. This like, is a digression on my own question now, but. I really wonder if like a lot of those types of movies would have be like better served in like a comedy anthology film because like Burt Wonderstone is like way too expensive to do as a like Saturday Night Live skit. Sure, but yeah. like imagine like a movie that's like ninety minutes and it's like six fifteen minute like long form sketches, you know, with a little bit of budget and some big actors in it. So to your sure, point, if yeah. there's like three funny things in Burt Wonderstone, exactly. do a 15 minute version of that with the three funny things. Exactly. That's yeah. like any time they've taken a Saturday Night Live sketch and tried to pound it out into an hour and a half MacGruber. movie. <laughs> He's working oh, with his Lord. grandma now. <laughs> <laughs> Betty White. Um, <laughs> do you remember uh, Don't Mess with the Zohan? Oh, oh God. Yeah. Never I watched it with it. my dad. It was I regret it. I My, <laughs> my friend had just turned 18 and she's like, I'm going to go see a rated R movie. And that was the movie she chose. And God, I 
pretty sure I shit my pants watching it <laughs> in the theater. It, God, it's so bad. <laughs> I've never frowned so much at a comedy. <laughs> yeah. And For just a minute, I thought you meant like you shit yourself with laughter, and I'm like, wait, hold nope. on. I don't think this is going the way I thought this was yeah. going. Just angrily shit myself. <laughs> yeah, I never, I never saw it. It looked so terrible. That was like several years after Adam Sandler had already become irrelevant, you know? After Adam Sandler became the guy doing the magic comedy sketch mm. on the community stage that oh, we yeah. saw. That's pretty much like a metaphor pretty for his much. career. I mean, yeah. what? With the quarterfield, click was auditorium. the last one where people was like, "It's oh, it's pretty good," but <laughs> that was that was it. That was the last one. Yeah. I felt like that was where like the comedy guys from SNL were trying to uh, impersonate. Oh, what's that movie with the uh, uh, with Pamela Anderson and like the French guy and that sex tape? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, the movie. You know what I'm talking about? It had a what's his face from I can only think of him from Talladega Nights, the French driver guy. Oh, you're talking about Sasha Borat? Burke. Borat, yes. I can't couldn't think of you're Borat for some reason. The thing was Pamela Anderson. Well, because <laughs> she was in that. Uh, that's what the whole point was. He was okay. going to kidnap Pamela Anderson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. <Yeah. laughs> I've never but no, heard somebody describe like, Borat as well, I, Pamela Anderson. I couldn't and think of the French lead guy's guy. name. But anyways, that's like because they had like the Love Guru and Zohan Rod around that oh, time. God. The Love oh, yeah. Guru. Yeah. Oh yeah. no. It's like they're all trying to impersonate Borat because uh, it's kind of like the same genre. Yeah. Just a. Wild ethnic stereotype. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, <man>. yeah. <laughs> I bet that movie's really hard to go back to in 2017. <laughs> it's 2018. Oh god, yeah. even worse. <laughs> yeah, well, with both of with both remember don't mess with the Zohan and uh, the Love Guru is they have like Oscar winning actors in it. Also, like they have Ben Kingsley. And, yeah, I remember that. And John Turturro. It's so insane that well, it these was huge weird that, actors. I mean, Mike Myers was even more irrelevant at that time than Adam Sandler was. It was so mm-hmm. weird to me that that was coming out that year. I do just want to backtrack real quick when he said Sir Ben Kingsley because, like, I don't think Sir Ben Kingsley got the memo that he's Sir Ben Kingsley because, like, if you look <laughs> at his IMDb page, oh yeah, he did like Gandhi, and then he just took like a massive dump on his career for thirty <laughs> that's, years. Well, that's, that's pretty much what he decided. That's true. To I do. can't think of anything that he's like where you're like, oh yeah, but I need to go see the new Sir Ben the Kingsley. Incomparable you know, Ben Kingsley. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's all been pretty. But well, and I said John Turturro also, which he's only good when he's in a Coen Brothers movie. It's weird because his movies are either Coen Brothers or Adam Sandler, and yeah. they are just as w- it, all the Coen Brothers ones. Great, all the he was in Mr. Deeds as the butler or oh, something. Yeah. God, Mr. Deeds. Oh yeah, I'm so sad for both of those people. <laughs> <laughs> Moment of silence for Sir Ben Kingsley and John Turturro. <laughs> um, so magic with a C movies like I've. I don't, yeah, I don't really, I mean, I really liked, I remembered, like, it's been years and years since I saw uh, The Prestige, but I remembered it, like, really sticking with me. I did, I did mm-hmm. really like it. Same. But, you know, it was, the clone thing was interesting. Yeah, Magic with a K, I love The Craft. It's got to be my favorite. That's, oh, that's great. great movie. Um, and if we're looking at TV shows, like, we mentioned Willow from Buffy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, like, so in season six of Buffy, Willow goes, like, evil Willow. Mm-hmm. And, like, the makeup that they did, like, the way that Allison Hannigan played it was so great. Like, she goes from being this, like, sweet, awkward chick 
to this like evil, powerful witch. You know, it's so insane. Does Buffy hold up to someone who's going to oh, it in 2018? Yes, I oh, say yes. I've watched it repeatedly. I didn't watch it as a kid though. It wasn't like a childhood nostalgia thing yeah, for me because yeah. I had the complete wrong idea of what it was. Because when I was well, probably about 10 years ago, I watched the movie from 1992, and that sucked so bad. <laughs> so for years, I was like, man, if this was, if this is mm-hmm. what the TV show is like, like that's terrible. Like, how did it last, you know? But it was so, like, that the movie was so not what Joss Whedon had in mind. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he was uh, pretty unhappy with the movie. He was, but the TV show, like, when I started watching it, was like, oh, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. man, I missed out. Like, this is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I, I love it. We, well, we recently moved to a place, and for a long time, we didn't have internet there, so we were just buying DVD. We just bought several seasons of Buffy yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah. Xena. God, oh, <laughs> my gosh. Man. So good. Yeah. So, so good. Um, But, yeah, I was, I was going off of that with something. Uh, magic with a C. Magic yeah, with a K. Magic with a K. Magic with a K. The craft was fantastic. Um, a little bit over the top, especially oh, yeah. now. Mm-hmm. But um, that, I just I love the cheesiness of it. Like that super, super craft. looks super pretty 90s. good though. Yeah, I mean the effects that they did, like with her, like in like mm-hmm. it's the final like final fight between Feruza yeah. Balk and I can't remember that other one's name. But anyway, like where she's just like levitates a little bit and her feet drag along the floor. Yeah. And she's just like contorting her body a little bit and like mm-hmm. laughing hysterically. Like that was utterly terrifying as like a 10 year old. Yeah. It did, I found out whenever I watched it recently that they didn't, they actually didn't use any CGI. That's just what Feruza Balk's face looks like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She is, yeah, she is like a fascinating looking person. She's legitimately <laughs> terrifying. Like, and she got so typecast oh, because yeah. of the way that she looks. And also, she did, uh, like, one of her first movies was, uh, I can't remember what it Waterboy? was. Waterboy? No, that wasn't her first. She was, like, oh, very yeah. young in this other movie that she did. But it kind of got her typecast as, like, the bad girl, the scary girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, she was in the Dr. Moreau's. That's what it was, yeah. yeah. But then, yeah, then Waterboy was this <laughs> another She's Adam She's a girlfriend, Sandler. yeah. yeah. She was terrifying in that. And then also she just ended up actually being like that in real life. She too, owns right? an occult shop in New York. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I, uh, very interesting. She lived the part she played. I was watching yeah. a, a, like a making of video of it. Um, there's a really good making of series called uh, Good Bad Flicks, where basically he goes through like the production of a movie and then like... It's usually movies that didn't do t- super well, or they're mm-hmm. kind of like sleepers or criti- you know uh, box office failures. And they were talking about the scene where they're recording or uh, they're doing the big uh, incantation on the beach. Oh, they yeah. said that they got really freaked out while they were doing that because every time they started doing the incantation, it started storming really hardcore. Oh. So like all the storms and stuff in that were real, but like wow. they would have to like cut production and get everyone off the beach because like the waters would like like surge up to like where the actresses were on the beach and like wipe everything out. And it was like thundering and all this crazy. And then they would stop and everything would be cool. And then they'd go back out there and they'd do it again and everything would pick back up. Oh, so like wow. they actually God. said that that incantation scene was put together over the course of like 10, 20 takes trying to get it where wow. people weren't getting hit by lightning or like flooded. <laughs> um, well, any movie that like deals with that type of thing. Well, I mean the most famous example is like the exorcist yeah. where on set shit was happening. And then mm-hmm. afterward people on set and that were involved in the movie were like dying in freak accidents. Or one was a serial killer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, like that's really creepy like maybe they were doing some kind of real incantation or something and it was causing some shit and that's yeah. the thing that they claimed was that, that that particular incantation they did was like a 
a, not an exact one, but sort of a hodgepodge of different like pieces of like uh-huh. Wiccan tradition and stuff. Or uh, Jim Caviezel getting struck by lightning trying to do the Passion of the Christ. Maybe they should have stopped after that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> Jeez. One thing about the craft, though, it had like hardly any redemption in that movie at all. Like all the all the girls were just evil. Yeah. Well, the main one, like she got her. You know, she got justice on her she end, got I justice, guess. But like, and she like, you know, her natural witch powers like overtook the other ones, and she prevailed as, as the good witch. But she would have done better off if she just didn't show up to that school. In the oh, first definitely, place. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Anyways, do you guys have anything else before we wrap this up? Um, oh, there's a uh, another speaking of magic with a C or a CK or a K. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a, a Netflix original called The Babysitter. I um, saw that. I don't know anything about it's it. It's like eighty something minutes long. It is hilarious. Oh, and I have seen that. It's the, just gory. Yeah, it's just yeah, a, yeah it's just a total <laughs> shit show. But it's yeah. basically this little ten year old kid who has like a crush on his babysitter, like stays up late one night to see like what she does, like when he she is uh you know when he's supposed to be asleep and like, you know, he's expecting like, she like brings a boyfriend over or whatever. And like, they're doing like these like insane satanic rituals oh, to give her eternal life. I saw and, the previews. Yeah. For that. And she like, uh, he like accidentally interrupts it. And so now they're all like trying to like kill him. They'll have all these yeah. crazy powers and it's hilarious. So yeah, it's um, super funny. If you're looking for a good magic with a K movie, it's pretty great. That. Yeah. It's really, really fun. Sounds like fun. I would, I would compare it to like, uh, was Dale and Tucker versus evil. Okay. Or Tucker and Dale <laughs> yeah. Kind of, kind of along those lines. Someone was just telling me about that and telling it's, me I should I watch really it. Lo- I think it you is like super it. funny. It's got Alan Tudyk in it. Yeah, that's uh, well, it was Hunter that was telling me at work because I was. It looks like your head's on backwards again. Because <laughs> I was trying. I was telling him that he should watch Ash versus Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. And then he asked me if I'd ever seen that. I'd never. Mm-hmm. I'd. I'd think I'd heard the name of that, but I'd never seen it's it. It's a good twist. I really like that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really funny. I need to see that one still. It, yeah, I think you would appreciate it. That's I love any. Friend. I've never not liked Alan Tudyk in anything. He's we, no just, how, we just saw him on Frasier. Yeah, last we did. Night. He was like a, a fresh baby faced <laughs> Alan Tudyk. <but laughs> it's always weird to see an actor like way way younger than like what you're familiar with. Him, yeah, you're like is that? It's weird watching uh, Frasier going back through it because you'll catch these people that are now fairly because uh, Zoe Deschanel is also. Oh, in it. I hated oh, that weird. character. Yeah, very very young. She was blonde. Terrible. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. Frasier. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that she was in that. Yeah, she's. She really plays young. like Roz's niece that visits her in town yeah. and is okay. just like a huge bitch, <laughs> but she's like a just a stereotype of a teenager, basically. Sure. I don't, it was just. A, I thought it was kind of a shit episode. Yeah, it is. It's just interesting seeing her so young. Yeah. In it. Yeah. All right, uh, <laughs> Alex. Do you have anything that you would uh, like to plug before we wrap this up? I really don't. Hopefully, next time I come back, I will. I'm, you know. Uh, Working on some new stuff for Panic Station. Cool. And um, oh, yeah. wrapping up uh, editing of my first novel. And hopefully that awesome. will be uh, nice. a little bit closer to publication next time. We Does it already so. have a title that we should watch out for? Or are you waiting on that? I'm going to hold it just for sure, now. Sure, sure. Okay. But uh, yeah, n- hopefully next time I come back, I'll be ready to plug it. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pseudophiles. As always, rate and review us on iTunes. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Alex, thanks for joining us today. I'm just going to say this is going to cost you your entire CW check to get the royalties <laughs> for this one. But. Supernatural, supernatural, supernatural. <laughs> 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 but anyways, thanks for listening, everybody. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.